Content warning. Tone Deaf is rated explicit for mature content and strong language. Spoilers are in every episode, so if you haven't seen the shows we are reviewing, you can always check back in later with us. We'll be here when you get back. Welcome to Tone Deaf, a theater nerd's guide for their musically challenged spouse. I'm Kay, a musical theater nerd. And I guess I'm Warren, and I guess I'm still, after almost two years of doing this show, musically challenged. <sighs> Let's peel off this fucking band-aid. Um, we'll only have, what, 13 or 12, 13 more to go? 12 more to go, unless they release another one in the next, like year that would be the cap to the 2020 oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, so yeah if folks who didn't tune in uh don't remember we're uh we're doing the land before time gauntlet because we angered the condor gods con and door all hail con and door i don't know what all this may we... their wings be spread Across the earth forever. I don't know what all this we talk is. I didn't teach any condors how to play Fortnite in the hopes that getting them uh, to be YouTube stars would somehow raise attention and help increase... Episode 69. I retract my previous complaint and <laughs> all others. <laughs> so, uh, one thing that I forgot to mention in the last episode and I'm mentioning now is that the soundtrack for the original Land Before Time was done by the amazing James Horner, who also did American Tale. Uh I'm mentioning this right now, because that's not who does the score for the rest of these movies. (laughs) You fucking tease. It's Michael Tavera. Uh, You will hear some cues from James Horner's work in the first Land Before Time movie, but you won't hear him ever again after this one. So there's that. So we're just moving moving further and further from the Great Valley and deeper and deeper into... The Mysterious Beyond, which gets its debut in this. Yeah. Neat. Yes. In fact, uh, you kind of start getting a little bit of a map of the Great Valley starting now. So, you know, Land Before Time lore masters here. Uh, start filling out your map. Anyway... Like I said, this week we're going to be covering Land Before Time 2, The Great Valley Adventure. Yay! It it was released direct-to-video on December 23rd, 1994, just in time for Christmas, which is when I'm pretty sure I got these movies. Of course it is. And let me tell you, right now, I was so excited as a kid to get this movie. I bet you were. Because I was craving more Land Land Before Time stuff. And was kind of doing, like, proto-fan fiction a little bit with playing pretend with my friends and stuff. Um, and so I was just so excited that another one was coming out. And as a kid, <clears throat> I was not disappointed by this. I was like, you know, I it's a musical, but I kind of like, I like musicals and the songs aren't terrible, but they're not great, but they're not terrible. And also dinosaurs. And so, you know, I was that kid who really held out hope for a long time for these movies. Uh, As a 32-year-old, we're going to see how good this movie is compared to Baby K's view of this movie. 
see, and I remember, I don't remember where I saw this. Um, when did it come out? 1994. Okay, so <clears throat> 1994, I would have been six or seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, m- I might have seen it at daycare after school. Mm-hmm. Uh, either that or I saw it. No, that's probably where I saw it. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm thinking about it, because that would have been a safe thing that they would have shown. Yeah. That, yeah. And I remember, I remember being surprised initially, being like, "What? There's a sequel to Land Before Time? <laughs> I love the Land Before Time!" And being <laughs> excited to see it, and then watching it, being like, "This is different. This mm-hmm. isn't. This isn't what I want. This isn't what I expected." <laughs> Uh, to, uh, I, like I said, the only thing I remember about this one is the introduction of uh, Chomper. Yes, Chomper. Yeah, the the baby shark yes, tooth. Yes, and um, this this one, I don't know. I have seen the Land Before Time movies since, but anything that I saw when I was recovering from knee surgery does not count. <laughs> After all... <laughs> After all, I thought that the Animorphs TV series was better than I remembered it being as a kid because I was delirious with pain. <laughs> See, that, that that was a fun thing to do when you were uh, recovering from your knee surgery, was mm-hmm. just kind of sitting and watching stuff. Just being like, oh, this is actually better than I remember, because I was so disappointed with it as a kid. <laughs> I mean, other than I thought Tobias's actor was cute and that Rachel's actor was cute, that was... And that was one of those other early moments where the bi pieces kept falling into place, like, you're bi! <laughs> like a Tetris block coming down and fitting perfectly into a, mm-hmm. a vacant mm-hmm. space. So, um, this is, will be the first one to be a musical, and the songs are not as bad as they could be, um, but uh, they're not great either. Uh, one of the songs has been stuck in my head ever since I first saw this as one of the background songs that sometimes loops around. <laughs> so like in the, if, if we're living, so if we're playing by uh, inside out rules, it's just one of the things that the people in your brain would yes. randomly send up to the command center just to fuck with you. Yes. And uh, it's, it's the first song in the show. And I actually listened to it again today to try and get it out of my head because sometimes that works. Like it, it has worked with, songs in the past it did not work this time you know i'm gonna start calling that logic with a k at the very end (laughs) hey it works with with some songs not all but some songs it works the only thing so like were you listening to it on repeat or whatever no i i listened to it once and then was like i can't do this because it's it's not the from the movie soundtrack it's Uh, it's it's from one of well it's from one of the uh cds that was released uh, back in the day that had like kids talking about dinosaurs and educational stuff and then lead into a land before time so there's a lot of land before time merch man i didn't know that existed <laughs> yeah there's storybooks that are different stories outside of what's in the movie those there's, actually i have seen yeah kid, like kids picture books there was a video game that i had that wasn't very good yeah it doesn't surprise because me. it was just a sort of a point and click type thing and it was back in the days of cd-rom uh bird's life is a better one anyway um we will also start seeing a little bit more diversity in dinosaurs in these movies mostly in our villains but also in some herbivores and some allies of our characters we'll start seeing like pachyrhinosaurus and uh 
different types of ankylosaurids, different types of sauropods, stuff like that. But... That is a good thing. Yes. Speaking of, because there isn't a ton of background to do on each movie, and I also don't want to spend that much time (laughs) trying to find little nitpicky things because I don't... I can't spend that much energy on these... I'm instead going to teach you a little bit about one of the dinosaurs introduced in each movie. (laughs) Okay. So, or non-dinosaurs the movies require, because there are a couple where your main new introduced creature is not a dinosaur, like an ophthalmologist or something like that. An ophthalmologist? God damn it. Okay, dinosaurs didn't have doctors. How do you know? You weren't there. (laughs) Touché. Um, So, the main villains of this movie are the egg stealers. What species do you think it's going to be? Oviraptor. Nope. Ah, well, fuck you. But that's what I would have thought, too. And I'm actually really glad, and I want to give them credit for not making Oviraptor the egg stealer in this. Why? Because that wasn't their thing, necessarily. Like, they may have, but the reason why they thought, oh, Oviraptors steal eggs is because they saw them associated with nests. Then they started looking and went, oh, they're on their nest brooding the Ah. nest. They may have eaten eggs, yes, but they're not... Like, egg thief is a bit of a misnomer with them. Okay. The one that they're using... Is Struthiomimus, meaning ostrich mimic. I'm trying to picture Struthiomimus, mimus, Struthiomimus in my head. Think an ostrich. No. Okay. They're very. They look like ostriches. They look like dinosaur, like non-avian dinosaur ostriches. A little. Do they bit. have the pointed snout or the flat beak? Uh, pointed beak. So, um, they're. Let's see. So. Struthiomimus is going to be basically a genus of dinosaur, kind of like Panthera with cats, like Panthera leo, Panthera tigris, etc. Gotcha. And there are a couple of species that have been moved in and out of the genus, but there are two that have pretty solidly remained the whole time. We have Struthiomimus altus, which is the type species, and Struthiomimus sedens. The former is the smaller of the two, with specimens being about 14 feet long, four and a half feet tall at the hips, and weighing about 330 pounds. That's pretty big. They're big, but they're big for us. But uh, oh, fair. fair. Not if when you have uh, apatosauruses walking around, then they're small bike. Which these guys are going to be uh, Cretaceous dinosaurs, but we'll get into that. But in this a is sec. land before time, and they all live together because yeah, it's dinosaur fair. heaven, and they're all dead. <laughs> there was. I I remember reading a theory that that was actually how the first movie ends is that they are all dead and they went yeah, to heaven. Yeah, we've talked about yeah. that before, and it's it's it's, one of the, it's another one of those like twisted endings to beloved kid movies where mm-hmm. you're just like, I don't like that very much. Yeah, I don't like that very much at all. Yeah, and that makes the movies purgatory uh, or the other movies purgatory. Um, but so th- when you're thinking about height, their head comes up to about the shoulder of an average size man. So. Uh, that that come up about your shoulder. So when you say like, because I know I've heard that the same uh, way, like with dogs, and they say, oh well, they're they're thirty six inches at the shoulder kind mm-hmm. of thing, and that that's because that's the the where the center of gravity is, and they don't tend to dip much above or below that. Yeah, because you're not really measuring at heads. Uh, it's not like with humans where we measure to the head down to the feet because we're fully bipedal upright. and upright. Um, 
these guys, you know, they've got a bit of a range of motion with their necks. Um, again, the S-curve that makes them a, an archosaur makes them like other dinosaurs. Um, let's see, where was I? You're right so, there. So, <laughs> the larger of the two subspecies, uh, Struthiomimicetans, is 19 feet long, a little over 6 feet tall at the hip, and weighs about 930 pounds. Man. And was North America's biggest ornithomimosaur. You know, were they, were they, uh, so they, these ones, um, as far as all evidence can tell, were egg eaters. <sighs> I'll get to that. So, because I'm saying, say, is this something that you could have be a friend, or would it try and kill and oh, eat it, you? Oh, it would most likely be a friend okay. if it had, if it didn't have. It's not a predator. The, it's not a predator. Okay. Um, not a active predator like small lizards and stuff. Opportunistic. Maybe, but we'll get into their diet in a sec because it's a little interesting. Um, they were discovered in 1901 by Lawrence Lamb as an incomplete specimen. Originally, it was named Ornithomimus altus, but an almost complete skeleton was found by Barnum Brown in 1914 in Alberta, and in 1917, the genus was renamed to Struthiomimus, because they looked like a fucking ostrich, <laughs> complete with strong legs and a beak. Unlike ostriches, they have long arms with immobile forearms and limited opposability in their first digit. So, so immobile forearms, so they can't twist their hands. Yeah, they their can't hands. twist their hands. And basically, like, the first digit can kind of move, but not with the same opposability as ours. So their their hands were designed for, if anything, clasping onto, but mm -hmm. not being able to uh, articulate Yeah, for movements. proper grabbing and stuff. Um, these were also one of the first theropods that was reconstructed with a horizontal posture from the early days. Hmm. So, first one that's reconstructed the correct way. And uh, these may have been omnivorous with a diet of plants, bugs, small animals, and dinosaur eggs, or any eggs that they come across. But there are also folks who think they may have been totally herbivorous, and others who think they may have been straight-up carnivores or filter feeders. There's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dinosaur so, uh, diet is wild. I'm... Uh, Filter, like, okay, so the only thing that I ever know of with filter feeder is purely aquatic creatures. And things like flamingos. Okay, I guess that's So that's, that's kind of where they were thinking, but there's not really that ridge that you get in a flamingo beak to really be a filter feeder. Okay. So that's why that one's a little bit shakier. Uh, carnivorous is shaky. Well, first, carnivory, they go, oh, well, they're... Uh, you know, they're theropods, so they've got to be carnivores. Herbiv with the idea of being herbivores, the reason why that is because of the hands that they have. Um, so the third and second finger can't move independently. Okay, so they're so they basically have to move together. Yeah. And that's not something that you... That's not something that's useful in land-based herbivorous dinosaurs that are grabbing things, or not herbivorous, carnivorous dinosaurs that are grabbing things. It's not like with birds where even though their, uh, their uh, hands are fused for wings, they still can grab with their talons and their beak. And that's something that kind of makes it like, okay, they could have been herbivores with 
the ability to go after small prey and things like that. They weren't going to actively be hunting because they can't grasp. Um, but the way that their fingers were, they could still grab plants and bring them closer to the face hole. <laughs> However, their shoulder didn't allow for much range of motion. Hmm. So it wouldn't be like they could reach, reach very tall, reach very low. They're probably grabbing stuff that was that was already kind of at yeah. their level. Yeah, and um there is some there, there is a theory that uh the all of that is moot because they're like, well, no. We know that wings have been in the theropod line for a lot longer than we originally thought. Those are just wings. Hmm. Which, you know, like for balance or for display, you know, that makes sense. That makes sense to me. Um, Question. Yes. Were any... I know you said there was a complete fossil that was found. Did a they, nearly complete. Nearly complete. Did they find any gastroliths? I didn't look in to see that. No worries. I was just curious. But, um... I mean, they they very well could have. And gastrolysis is more of an indicator of plant eating, right? Yes, yes, that is more of an in indicator. But you'll find crocodilians with gastrolysis, gastrolysis being used for mobility. So then it's or for uh, buoyancy and stuff. So it's kind of like it, it's it, there's all sorts of different things that you need to be able to tell what an extinct animal's diet and lifestyle was that. The more complete the picture, the better it is. It's kind of like why they went, oh, maybe oviraptors weren't solely eating eggs. Because, like... That does seem like a particularly weird thing to yeah. have as strictly a diet. Yeah. Because it's like, why would you... why Evolutionary, why mm -hmm. would you be limited to something so seasonal? Yeah, and especially with the type of beak that oviraptor has versus Struthiomimus... Struthiomimus's beak is almost a... It, it reminds me a lot of generalist bird beaks. Okay. So things like corvids, which when they are able to get into an egg, it's like, oh boy, I can poke into the egg and then suck out the yolk and everything. Oviraptor beaks are kind of parody almost. Yeah, they're much more hooked. Yeah, and so, I mean, they could have been eating eggs, but that... I, I guess... Neither dinosaur, it's the main part of their diet, but you probably would be more likely to have Struthiomimus running and grabbing an egg running away. Because they're quick. They're very quick dinosaurs. Um, in fact, I had meant to write it down, but the speed is estimated to be around 31 to 50 miles per hour. That's pretty damn fast. That's a running speed, yeah. Especially for something that size. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're they're quick little guys. And, well, not little. <laughs> little <laughs> so to... relative. Yeah, little to some of your theropods that are living at the same period as these guys. Um, because they are late Cretaceous in the Campanian period, so they're pre-Sarah. Um, and they are North American, so you Yeah! Find... USA! USA! <laughs> I know you said Alberta earlier, which... <laughs> Canada! Canada! <laughs> but, uh, they're, they're very, um... Th that is another thing that I will give Land Before Time. For the most part, they're very good at not bringing in dinosaurs from areas that wouldn't have been there. However, once we get to some of the later movies, 
Um, and also there's a couple that'll have like uh, Uteranus or, I mean, Overraptor also is not... Oh, I'm trying to remember actually with Overraptor. I know that one of the biggest groups of fossils that they find for them is in Mongolia, which is decidedly not the North American continent. <laughs> See, and as you were saying that I give them credit for this, I was just thinking to my brain, I know she's told me about alien dinosaurs. I know that she's told me about this and this and that. Mm -hmm. and I can't wait to be like, so tell me, Kay. The alien dinosaurs. <laughs> Maybe I'll like it more as an adult, but that was about my falling off point for this <laughs> series. I still watched the movies when they came out, but it was when I was like, they well, just don't fucking care. Well, at that point, you were kind of like, for one, it's dinosaur media, and two, you're like, well, I'm this far into it. Mm -hmm. Might mama, as well. Mama didn't raise no quitter. Yep, mama didn't raise no quitter. Um, but yeah, it's... The, the dinosaur stuff in this, I give them credit for giving us more diversity in dinosaurs. And actually, now that I'm thinking about it... The next episode has an Australian dinosaur, so never mind. <laughs> they don't give a fuck. <laughs> the Great Valley is just full of dinosaurs from every area in every dinosaur era. Fuck reality. Fuck science. Well, fuck that, paleontology. Well, I mean, then again, it is Pangea still. No, it is not. Oh. No. Oh, yeah, because they had the big the big shaking and well, stuff in and the first one. It, it wasn't. Pangaea was like, think Permian era and late uh, Triassic and a uh, okay. little, little bit of Jurassic. By this point, the Earth is uh, getting closer to what it looks like now. Because remember, this is a long fucking period of time that the Mesozoic is. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, and uh, what were the two supercontinents? Anyway. Um, <laughs> Pangaea and Super Pangaea. Or not supercontinents, but the two continents that were... Because it was, it was kind of like, I think it was Laurasia, Gondwana. I know that Gondwana was one. Um, anyway. I think Kay's just making up words, guys. <laughs> but um, back to Land Before Time to get, to wrap up this presentation. Um, I, w I was talking about how this is around the same time as, or this is before the time that Sarah would be around, that the Struthiomimus is in. So speaking of Sarah, and back to the movie, Sarah's voice actress, Candace Houston, is the only one returning to this film. Interesting. I wonder why Littlefoot and them... Aging. Oh, I get them derp. It is, yeah, they, it they is. were all kids. And, yeah. Um, I always forget that because it's like... Uh, <laughs> So many voice actors who play children are adult women. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's one of those things. Yeah, if you get a kid to do a voice, they're going to age out of it eventually. Yep, there are so many different Charlie Browns. <laughs> so many different Charlie Browns. They all burn in hell. <laughs> um, but this is going to be the first movie that features two Animaniacs. Dot and Yakko, so Rob Paulson oh, and Tress McNeil. Sweet! As well as Dexter's dad from Dexter's Laboratory, Jeff Nice, Bennett. I love it. Mm -hmm. In fact, he plays uh, Petrie in this. And then uh, Rob Paulson is Spike's voice. Uh, like Spike, Spike talks in this one? Or no, just the grunting? The... As well as uh, one of the villains. And then Tress McNeil plays pretty much all of the moms. <laughs> 
she is very talented. She is extremely I, talented. I love so, her. You know, it's 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 one of those things that there's a lot of hey that voice. <laughs> I love that. Mm-hmm. Side little side tangent. Uh, I think it's still on Netflix, but there was a documentary called "I Know That Voice." Yes. So our listeners, if you if you enjoy cartoons, if you enjoy animation in general, uh, even video games too. Uh, if you have not watched that, I would recommend it very much. It's got like five stars because it's just entertaining as hell. Mm-hmm. But it does a lot of uh, interviews with just voice actors, you know, people that you have definitely heard, but you might yep. not have known their name and stuff like that. And it's it's fantastic. Yeah. But that tangent aside, please continue, Kay. That's actually to the end of my presentation. <gasps> Alrighty then. So, any questions before we uh, start our Great Valley adventure? Look, title drop. <laughs> Uh, nope. Okay. Also, um, for folks listening, I probably will not do an episode on Tyrannosaurus Rex. I'm thinking that it might be more fun to do dinosaurs that aren't as well known, because everybody knows Tyrannosaurus Rex, and the only thing that I would say is we don't know for certain that it didn't have feathers, But think about elephants. They still have little hair. They may have had little quillies. That's my pro-feathered dinosaur argument, which this movie has none. See, I'm still a fan of the idea of some of these big uh, carnivores having, like, umbrella cockatoo crests and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Can you imagine them, like, doing their displays and just all of a sudden these big feathers poof up? and people who think that... Okay, tangent. (laughs) People who think that feathered dinosaurs cannot be scary, first off... Have never known a large parrot? (laughs) First off, you've never known a large parrot because... Even a small parrot, because they know that they were dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Kier thought he was going to rip your face off. I thought he was going to rip my face <laughs> off, too. Um, but also, like, dinosaurs are animals. Do you sit there and go, oh, man, wolves aren't as scary as I thought they would be, or bears aren't as scary as I thought they would be because they've got fur? No. No, you don't do that. Same with dinosaurs. Dinosaurs aren't movie monsters. They were living creatures. Mm-hmm. Damn it. Which is one of the reasons that they're so cool, just that they existed. They yes. were here. Yes, and we have their remnants. And sometimes we eat them for Thanksgiving. And then later oh, on... how the tables have Then turned. later on, they eat us. As is the will of the gods Conondor. Yes. All hail Conondor. May their wings spread over the earth. Yes, all hail Conondor, those who are... Oh, where's my script? Um, All hail Conondor, those who do not hail the Great Ones will have their eyes and tongues plucked from them while they are still alive and screaming. <sighs> Shall we? Let's go. Hey, Warren. Hey, Kay. Do you know what time it is? Is it time to thank our favorite people in the whole world? Heck yeah! Today, we would like to thank our stage crew sponsor, Jasmine Wu, and our producer circle sponsors, Bianucci, Reagan, and Taylor Brandt. Thank you all so much for your support of our show. We truly appreciate it. My name is Rob, and I'm host and guide to Songbirding, a new relaxed pace birding by ear podcast that takes you into the breeding territories of a number of bird species in midwestern Ontario. 
You can find Songbirding wherever you get your podcasts or visit songbirding.com. And now, the lights are going down and the music's starting back up, so let's head back to the second act of our show. <sighs> well, it's I know a, what I thought. It's a uh, noticeably subpar representation of what uh, mm-hmm. we've all love very much. Mm-hmm. I I can see some people liking it, mm-hmm. and you know, I feel like the younger you are, probably the better chances yeah. you have of liking it. Because you know, duh. Mm-hmm. Uh, with my thirty-plus-year-old critical eye mm-hmm. looking at it, it's uh, I'm not a not a huge uh, fan. Okay, I'll I'll say this much: if you sat a kid down in front of this one. It's not going to teach him any bad lessons. It's not going <laughs> to... Like, uh, really. Really. It's not going to be any worse than some stuff that people set their kids in front of nowadays. Yeah, I mean, fair. It's it's not Steven Universe. It's not... Wait, were you implying that Steven Universe good. teaches kids bad things? No, I'm okay. saying, like, with good lessons. It's not oh. It's not of that caliber, but it's also not Let's like... See. What do we have in here? We have disobeying parents sneaking out in the middle of the night past curfew. curfew. We have... Uh... And we see what that brings. Uh, mm, um... That brings ruination and damnation upon <laughs> them in the form of Tyrannosaurus <laughs> Rexes that are looking for a child that they kidnapped. There you go. <laughs> Moral of the story, don't sneak out after dark or T-Rexes will come after you. Exactly, and also, you know, it's a little bit of a don't grow up too fast, and then Littlefoot never gets to grow up, ever, because they're going to be the same age the entire series. It's because they're all actually dead, and it's it's inside the imagination of a child who's in a coma. That's what that's what it's movie a child looking into a snow globe. <laughs> that's what movie fifteen is going to be. <laughs> That'll be the big reveal. Oh man. Uh, well, should we get into it? Yeah. All right. The Land Before Time Two: The Great Valley Adventure. The movie opens up with a shot of an asteroid field that is way too close to Earth. Ah. <laughs> uh, is. Is this really only the second one, Kay? Because this is how the series should end, with an asteroid. Yeah, it should. Well, I mean, I guess the uh, the size is an illusion in animation, because <laughs> all the space rocks are apparently small enough to break up upon entering the Earth's atmosphere. Yay for shooting stars! Pretty colors! <laughs> but that, that part did kind of make me laugh, just because you see, like, it, it made it, it gave the impression that there's, like, an asteroid belt orbiting Earth, or, like, yeah. pretty close to Earth. Yeah, that that was some shitty uh, yeah. stuff there, but whatever. That was it's... the thing that made me laugh, though, is that we're like, we're watching a dinosaur cartoon, and it opens up with a shot of asteroids. Mm-hmm. Anybody who knows anything about dinosaurs yeah. knows about the asteroid that killed the dinosaurs. Generally. I Gen- mean, some people. Mm-hmm. Generally. Some people are probably still on the, no, it was volcanism that did it. And it's like, no. I mean, that could have or, contributed oh, it to was it. A, it. Yeah, but 
the big thing was the meteor. Plus, there's some papers recently. Anyway, we're not going to get into KT impact and Cretaceous Paleogene extinction events. So. Not on this episode. Not on this episode. <laughs> also, we have a new narrator for this movie. I don't know if the narrator will change with each one, but we shall see. Uh, the new narrator is out of date and says that this is the era of the great lizards. Yeah. Dinosaurs. Again, dinosaur means terrible lizard, but they're not lizards. Oh shit, it's a sharp tooth! Except he kind of looks a little uh, <laughs> downgraded. Yeah, I don't like the design of they have very our sharp heads. tooths in this. They have very square-shaped heads. Yeah, and I don't know why that was such a big thing. I almost wonder if, because it started with the original one, they continued that I think it motif, might you know? be that, because... They didn't want to change it too much? Or... Yeah, because once we get more diversity in sharp teeth, they definitely look different because they're different species. And they try to make them look a little bit more like those different species, which... Like, there's a Carnotaurus in the latest one, which is cool. Cool. Too bad the latest one sucks, but... <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it's got at least that going for it. Just like when I showed you the uh, Nothrinkus that was in the latest one, and I'm just like, look at this. They gave him feathers. They're finally learning, but on the worst one. <laughs> but uh, I did like that they showed a Platyosaurus, even though that wouldn't have been around at the time, because that's an early tri or that's a late Triassic dinosaur. Remember, it's a dinosaur child's coma dream, so all bets are off. This is just a kid playing with his dinosaurs. I mean, it's going to be like Starlight Express. Oh God! Oh, no. <laughs> and the last one's going to be done by Weber. Oh God. And then it's just gonna it's gonna end with uh, just a kid coming out of a coma going dinosaur. It was going to the Great Valley. No, no. Uh, I guess it'd be land before time, land before time, <laughs> land before, land before, land before time. <laughs> the narrator continues, giving us a head count of our roster of adventurers, and uh, you can uh, you can hear it calling, the calling of adventure to play. Come on, let's go. <laughs> Let's uh, <laughs> go and run around in this peaceful valley where everyone is having a good time. Uh, yeah. That song will never leave my head. This ever. music. It's bad. These lyrics. It's bad. Are, uh, well, I can't say that they're good. They're bad. They suck. And if you think it's good, then that was your childhood innocence thinking that. Rewatch it. It's not good. And. What I didn't realize is that a band wrote that song. The the Roches or the Roaches, I'm not sure how it's pronounced, Roches maybe. They wrote that song for this. But, I mean, they probably, they're like, okay, so what, what's the premise? Well, it's a group of adventuring baby dinosaurs in their, their paradise. And since they don't have to worry about food anymore and danger, they're running around and having adventure okay that's our song they're running mm -hmm. around having a good time let's go and run around run around uh, it's just it'll never leave my head and i hate it you know i'm very grateful that i'm musically challenged for situations just like this because for me it goes in one ear my brain goes wow that's bad then it goes right out the other you lucky lucky bastard <laughs> I, um... Well, know... actually, no, you're not a bastard. I'm the bastard. <laughs> uh, I was a mistake, though. Um, 
Anyways, Baby Steps, <laughs> Baby Steps gets called away by his granddad for dinner, and we get our first look at our villains, Strut and Ozzy. Fuck those names. <laughs> I thought it was, you know, like you'd mentioned Strut for Struthiomimus, and mm-hmm. I don't know why Ozzy. Like an ostrich, oh, and they're, they're ostrich. ostrich mimic. Okay. That, that, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're here on a mission from Dinosaur Satan to devour the unborn. <laughs> So many juicy, delectable eggs. What mm. made me laugh about this is in the very beginning, the Ozzy, the the dumber, no, no, Sh- Strut, Strut, yes, kind Strut of the, is the dumber, Paulson's character, kind of the dumber brother. He's eating plants, and he's perfectly happy to be mm-hmm. eating plants. Mm-hmm. It's his brother who's like, no. We're not going to eat vegetables. We're going to eat eggs. Which I will make a correction. Yes, Overraptor did sometimes eat eggs, they think. But still, they're not... Their name is still a misnomer because they're more of a... What fits in my face? They're not an ovarian. Ovatarian. Yeah, they're... they're, uh, Oh, is that a small mammal? Bump. Is that a lizard? Bump. Is that a berry? Bump. That an egg? Bump. Hey, uh, as someone... Is that a nut? Bump. As someone who is on, excuse me, as someone who is omnivorous, I will say I prefer having a wide variety of things to stick in my face hole. I am an omnivore. I am an omnivore. Anyways, after seeing our villains for the show, we then see Baby Steps and his granddad, who is giving him the last tree star. And after the kids all eat, they go off to continue playing. Yay! It is then that we see Ozzy and Strut happening upon an unguarded nest and preparing to harvest some sweet, sweet egg dinochrome. I will say, god damn it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I will say that I I did like the touch of uh, Grandpa just pushing down the tree, kind of like, what sauropods would have been doing because they had all that trees. weight yeah yeah and it was a nice touch for them to do and i like that they bring back the panning of the long necks because kind of like in the first film when you had that shot of uh, littlefoot's mom look turning back to look at him and it's just this long pan and her head disappears from frame and then comes back in and they kind of did that again with Grandpa Longneck. So there are a few... At least they attempted to. Like they, yeah, they, they attempted. The they, animation quality is much worse. Yes. <laughs> the animation quality is less by an order of magnitude. It, it's... Uh, just in the frames, I would say. Because, like, in even in the original Bland Before Time, like, when you have the big sweeping motions of mm-hmm. of Mama Big Feet to turn around and talk to Baby Steps, like, it looks really good, and they try to do that with the other Longnecks. Yeah. And it... I mean, it achieves the same effect, but it's kind of janky. I I would say that this is about the average sequel. This is about the average, if not a smidge better than the Disney sequel quality. Because some of the Disney sequel quality... Oh, I've seen a couple. Yeah, I've seen too many. Yeah. Other than Lion (laughs) Lion King 2 and Lion King 1 and a half, all the other ones are... Well, there was a point in my young childhood where I realized that Disney sequels sucked. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I you know, I didn't ever ask, you know, to get any of them mm-hmm. from my parents or anything because I said like one or two. And then I realized, okay, unless it goes to theaters, it's mm-hmm. going to be crappy, like guaranteed for I, the most part. I think a part of why I was so into watching them was because I was into animation. And so I was like, oh, well, this is the kind of 
art that I want to do is animation or cartooning or so I need to watch the good, the bad, and the ugly. God, just like theater. <laughs> you know, that that's a fair perspective to have because, you know, you and I are both are artistic kids and stuff mm-hmm. growing up, uh, even though I don't really draw much anymore. Um, but I don't know. I guess for me it was more of the I would rather be doing something else. Mm-hmm. So. But I do realize I messed up one of my lines. It's egg dinochrome. Egg dinochrome? As close to adrenochrome as I could make it with eggs. This is no time for laughing, of course, Kay, as these are vicious baby eaters and are, de- and, are uh, and these vicious baby eaters are derailed through a wacky series of events. First, a rock falls and it hits Ozzy's head as he prepares to chomp on an egg. Then, the rock that falls on his head lands in his hand and he bites it, thinking it's an egg. Ha! 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 ha. In a rage, Ozzy throws the egg behind him and it smacks, or sorry, throws the rock behind him and it smacks Strut in the noggin. Before they can actually eat some eggs this time for real, they're frightened off by the sound of the nest's mother, who is chewing out our heroic baby gang who inadvertently saved her nest via rolling rocks down a nearby hill, which flew into the air and hit said egg thieves. Thank Khan and Dor for wacky, wacky miracles. <laughs> I did like that she was a Mayasora, the good mother lizard. Oh, gotcha. That's what it, what it means. Why is she leaving her egg in her nest unattended? Well, you know, she's got to go get a drink of water and then come back. And, and see that these, these little unattended miners are rolling rocks down a hill because, hey, when you're a dinosaur, I guess... They sure. don't have Nintendo. <laughs> you know, I, wow, I've got the hiccups. I, I remember being a kid and rolling down a hill because that was fun. Mm-hmm. But then again, as children, I don't think, yeah, we weren't strong enough to push tiny boulders down a hill. No, if, if you were a dinosaur, I mean, what the type of fun that you'd be having. You'd be, you'd be going into a grassy field and playing Sharp Tooth. Mm-hmm. Sharp Tooth S- attack. Speaking of which... The kids, after being yelled at, are like, We should go to the big grassy field and play Sharp Tooth. And Sarah is like, No, I don't want to play Sharp Tooth. I survived an actual near-death experience with a Sharp Tooth. So pretending to have danger doesn't get the adrenaline flowing like I like. <laughs> and the others are like, Yeah, besides, we would have to cross the scary, dangerous, sinking sand in order to get to the grassy field, because reasons... The Great Valley have something to call the babies. The Great Valley's terrain is fucked up. Oh man! And the thing, whoa, holy hiccups, Batman. The thing is, is that the Great Valley topography gets expanded throughout these movies, but it seems to be pretty consistent. Well, I guess there's that going for it. Yeah, they they and they keep certain things that you discover about the different inner workings of the species. Wow. Whew. So Kay has a bad case of hiccups that don't seem to want to go away. So nope. uh. so uh, that's what that intermittent ang will be for the uh, potential foreseeable future of our entire podcast. Forever. Forever. I'm hey, going to be that person who has the hiccups until they die. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, wasn't that somebody? I think I would just kill myself. <laughs> I, yeah, that's 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 one of the things where it would be, honey, take me into a nice field. Look at the flowers, Kay. Look at the flowers. Look at the flowers. 
All right. So, well, I mean, like Kay was talking about, I guess they keep certain things that you discover about the Great Valley, you know, in order for later shows, later movies, which surprises me that that level of forethought went into it when that level of forethought did not really go into, say, the story, music, or <laughs> lyrics. Yeah, it's it's one of those things, like, in... I want to say it's in three movies we find out that there's languages. Like, specific languages between different dinosaur groups. Well, it's odd that all of the ones in the Great Valley seem to speak the same language. because they speak herbivore, and the then there's the sharp tooth language. But then, I mean, why I sh- I shouldn't I you'll shouldn't. find out in the fifth movie. Okay, which I found I realized isn't the one that sucks. It's the sixth sixth one that was the one that I went. Nope, I'm done. <laughs> Speaking of being done, I'm <laughs> done with this line of conversation. So let's go back to recounting this terrible, terrible show. But terrible. But ter- oh fuck. Okay. <laughs> So the kids are like, yeah, but in order to get to the grassy place to go play, we have to jump through the land of death and sinking shit. And Sarah is like, my dad just jumps from rock to rock. And the others are like, yeah, but your dad is big and we're little. Sarah replies with, shut up, bitch. I can do it. (laughs) And then she tries and she falls and she sinks into the sinky sink. All of her friends try to pull her out, including Petrie, who is useless for anything that requires physical effort, but I guess the thought that counts? The entire baby gang screams as they all begin to sink to their deaths. Luckily, the pot has been... (laughs) Pot. Luckily, the plot has been determined. Pot would have made this better. (laughs) I can neither confirm nor deny the allegations that you have set forth, but the plot has determined that the babies who are sinking to their death are close enough for the adults to hear their screaming and their parents and or guardians come to the rescue. See, I had to make that distinction, because, uh, baby steps. Yeah, and Spike. Fair. That is a good point. The parents slash guardians are not angry. They're just disappointed. The worst. The disappointment continues all the way to sundown, and in the setting sun... Our crafty villains come out to sing about how they want to eat eggs. I hate this song, too. Because eggs are excellent. Ha! 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 Strut is complaining because he is not above eating plants, but his brother is a jerk and only wants to eat... and only wants his brother to eat eggs. Because why not limit your dietary options? Surely that will help you survive in the harshness that is nature. Oh, and, uh... The denizens of this valley are, like, super tight with one another. So if some eggs go missing, there will be straight-up murder. Yes. <laughs> That's what I have to say about that. They did not think thoroughly about their egg-napping agenda. Strut and Ozzy sneak into the valley, all stealthy-like, and they pass Baby Steps, who is being told that his grandparents only want him to be safe which is why they are such buzzkills and won't let him have any fun playing in the dangerous sinky sink. They tell him to go the fuck to sleep, and Baby (laughs) Steps is like, but I'm not tired. We said go to sleep. Our genetic line ends with you. (laughs) Do you see any other apatosaurs in this valley? You're gonna die a virgin. Well, now we'll get to it. What, uh... does he raw dog ducky? 
Raw, raw dino ducky. Raw no, Rex? but the fourth movie br- brings in uh, a possible love interest. It's not his cousin, is it? Fuck. Well, Bambi. <laughs> Future potential inbreeding aside, luckily, <laughs> Baby Steps has has rebellious friends, and Sarah wakes him up all psst, psst, and Sarah calls an emergency meeting of the Baby Adventurers Club, where the others are all, <laughs> where the others are like, our parents told us not to wander far. We're little, and we need to be careful. And we learn that Sarah has approved, has improved upon her parents, who are still raging racists mm-hmm. and don't want her associating with the others. Like, wow, dude, you are all in this valley, integrated, together, and you still can't get over your prejudice? Don't you... hang around with three horns. No, with... What was it? Long necks, Long flat necks, heads, flat heads. big mouths. Yeah. And they're just like, jeez. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Sarah. My feelings about Sarah's dad is that, uh, you need to go, yo. Like, Sharptooth, hey, we got one over here who won't be missed. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, well. While Sarah explains that she basically got the same talking to that the others did, they see the eggnapper villains eggnapping and sneaking away. The egg- the- the baby gang stealths away to confront the excellent villains of the movie. The baby- (laughs) the baby-stealing baddies head to the edge of the valley, and the baby heroes are like, but they're gonna go into the great beyond. We can't follow. And the others call Sarah a little cowardly bitch. And Sarah is like, <laughs> Leroy Jenkins. And she rushes into the great beyond. Being called a coward is like her berserk button. Yeah, I would say so. After some near-death experiences via leaping over a chasm, the heroic baby gang is closing in on our villains. But Mother Nature rains on our adventurers, trying to hinder their, trying to hinder our hero's progress. Strut and Ozzy think they're free and clear because of the rain, and they run into a cave where they plan to extract some sweet, sweet eggdinochrome. You did this to yourself. I did do this to myself. The baby <laughs> gang shows up and are like, "Huh? Where did those two badasauruses go?" <laughs> I bet into that cave, since it's the only place they could have gone in this dead end. That, and we get a brief bit of a character from Sarah, who is apparently scared of caves, and rightfully so, because as our heroes go into the cave, they startle the egg snatchers, and Sarah causes a cave-in, and then a landslide. The egg gets knocked out of our villain's claws and rolls down the hill and all the way back to the nest that it was taken taken from. Just... That baby is so dead. Like, yeah. so dead. That egg will not hatch. And it's if it does, scrambled. it will be... You got me. Yep, it will have a scrambled brain. Uh, that joke was a little hard-boiled. Uh, God damn it. Anyways, our heroes are like, Yay! We're great! Let's lick each other in celebration! <laughs> and they do. They lick each other and laugh and giggle until their strange lick and snuggle fest is cut short by a... Uh, strange roar that, in the that distance sounds like ah that sounds like a fun night for us a lick and snuggle fest <laughs> uh anyways uh yeah the lick and snuggle fest is cut short by a strange roar in the distance our baby heroes go to investigate and see some strange swamp serpent and they're like 
Holy shit, this place is scary. And Sarah is like, I'm not scared. All while she trembles and pisses herself in fear. The gang is like, we should go. And Ducky is like, but we have to get my baby brother slash sister back. Yep, yep. My mom and dad plan to burn down half the valley during the gender reveal. Yep, yep. (laughs) And Baby Steps breaks the fake news to Ducky that the egg got smushed in the cave slash landslide. And Ducky is like, very sad. Yep, yep. Sarah is like, cheer up, bitch. Your parents have more eggs. (laughs) But Ducky is like, but every egg is sacred and special. And while Ducky is moping, she stumbles upon a bigger egg. And she thinks that the egg that was stolen, despite... She thinks it's the egg that was stolen, despite being ten times the size of the other egg. I love that Sarah just bluntly is like, there's other eggs. Yeah, she's just like, there's more. Like, she's just, why are you upset? It was just one. There's still, like, six more. Sarah's had the not all eggs are fertile talk from her dad. Probably. She's probably also had the uh, the weak die talk mm-hmm. from her dad. Only the strong live, and if you die, then it's your fault because you were weak. Yep. Just, just knowing her dad and the way that he's still a racist prick, he probably has that type of ideology. Yeah, it's going to take him a while to soften the fuck up and chill the fuck out. The not-so-bright gang takes the egg back to the nest, and they are like, Huh, I guess no egg was missing. So, so did we steal an egg? Are we the baddies? (laughs) The gang decides that they couldn't possibly be the baddies and decide to keep the big-ass egg that they stole because finders keepers. (laughs) The baby gang stealths back to their respective nests and they pretend like they never left. Baby Steps lays his head down to get some sleep and gets immediately woken up by Grand Grand who is like, Rise and shine, sleepyhead. The big hot ball in the sky is rising. (laughs) And Baby Steps is like, Fuck, I'm tired. We see the egg-snatching villains unbury themselves from a mountain of rubble and be like, (laughs) Where is our egg? Damn it, I'm hungry for baby souls. (laughs) We see our baby hero gang huddled around the egg that they stole, and they don't seem tired at all considering they pulled an all-nighter. Anyways, they start bickering with one another on who will be the best parent and what the baby will be. A flyer? A swimmer? A long neck? What possibly could hatch out of the mystery egg? The mystery egg from the mysterious beyond. The egg hatches and it's a sharp tooth. He yawns and smiles at the gang and they're like, Oh fuck, an apex predator! Ah!" And they all run away, making Baby Sharptooth very sad. Baby Steps is like, well, it doesn't look dangerous. And he goes up to confront his mortal enemy. The Baby Sharptooth tastes uh, Baby Steps with a lick to the face. And Baby Steps is like, oh, you think I'm your mama. Well, I mean, I'm not, but I guess what choice do I have? Unless I want to stamp the life out of you in this very late-term abortion in an attempt to save my life down the line, since once you grow up and the hunger for flesh takes hold, you'll be a murderous monster that wants to eat me. (laughs) The classic nurture versus nature story. Mm Mm-hmm. Baby Steps decides to try and raise the sharp tooth, and maybe he can turn it against its own kind and be a sharp-toothed slave in the service of the Great Valley. Oh, God. Dinosaurs are fucked up, yo. (laughs) Anyways, 
Baby Steps tries to teach Little Sharptooth how to walk, and we see it snatch and eat a dragonfly. Baby Steps is all, Oh, wow, you sure did chomp that thing. I know, I'll call you Chomper, because I'm so original. <laughs> and Baby Steps thinks to himself that maybe he can teach the meat-eating dinosaur to be vegetarian, because fuck nature. And Baby Steps sets out to ask his grandparents about babies. <laughs> Love that. That scene was initially pretty great. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, he doesn't... Uh, well, let's see. I'll talk about it and then we can expand on it if mm -hmm. we want to. Baby Steps asks his grandparents some awkward baby questions. Does pulling out really work? <laughs> what do you do when you have an unplanned baby? What do you do when you feed babies? What do you do if the baby won't eat what you feed it? And Baby Steps learns that if you starve a baby, it will eventually eat what you give it. And that's how you can make a mate meat eater be a vegetarian. Neat. So fucked up. I thought, like, it's one of those things you can tell that, uh, well, I was going to say something stupid and say, well, something dumber than normal. And say that you can tell I didn't work on this show because I would have said, I would have had Littlefoot ask them where babies come from. Mm-hmm. And also I would have been like six when this came out. Yeah, you would have been 11 months older than me. Because I am 11 months older than mm -hmm. you. So whatever age you were, uh. take that age and add 11 months to it, and that's my age. Anyways, while Baby Steps has, has uh, been getting a crash course in babies, Chomper has been rock hopping on a dangerous sinky sink while chasing dragonflies. And the rest of the baby gang has been getting chased by Ozzy and Strut, who are ready to bust a murder nut with rage over their missing <laughs> egg. I think these two are hangry. Get them a Snickers. <laughs> these hiccups hurt. I could try mercilessly tickling you. Uh. So behind the scenes uh, podcast magic for y'all listening, uh, I paused and I tried to mercilessly beat Kay in the hopes that <laughs> I could make their hiccups go away because I'm a, you know, I'm a loving husband like that. Um, didn't work. So Kay still has hiccups. Oh, these suck. Baby Steps rushes in to try and save his friends who are on the cliff, nearly being forced off by the egg-snatching villains. Baby Steps is completely useless trying to help his friends. But before he can be all uh, murdered by hangry adults, the shadow of Chomper and the echoing Chomp Chomp scares Ozzy and Strut, who shit themselves right off the cliff in fear. <laughs> Which I should say, that is, should be dead tally number two. Yes. Baby Steps demonstrates his smooth brain by huddling in fear with the rest of his friends, completely forgetting that he left Chomper off screen. Brain the size of a walnut. Chomper comes on screen and is like, because he can't talk. <laughs> and they have a happy song about how Chomper is one of them and they're all going to be friends forever. And they're going to teach him how to fly and teach him how to swim teach them all the things that they do yeah the happy song is cut short when chomper bites sarah's moving butt sarah is like 
Yeet this fucker out of here! We can't have him around! He's a bloodthirsty, flesh-eating monster! And Baby Steps is like, No! He's my son! He's special <laughs> and I love him! And he runs after the sad chomper who fleed after being yelled at and told that he's wrong for being the way he was born. <sighs> the egg-snatching villains somehow survived their base jumping, and they climb back up <laughs> the said cliff that they jumped from, going... I wonder if that sharp tooth finished off those kids. Let's double down on our inability to learn from the results of our actions and go look for some more eggs. <laughs> the baby gang is looking for Chomper, who is, uh, playing on a nearby volcano, chasing dragonflies again. This kid and his fucking dragonflies. I mean, he is starving, because he should have been fed uh, <laughs> a bit of, like, regurgitated long neck by his parents mm, true he i mean he is hungry the thing makes me laugh about how he keeps going after these dragonflies is the little fecker is like a foot and a half tall and these <laughs> things can fly but that's what a lot of so you he's need not, he, to play story in some he's not like ambushing them or anything like they could have fly, they could have flown away because like you see him chasing them like arr, 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 and then he catches them they could be like, ah, he's trying to eat me. Bzzz, fly in, away. In his mind, he's going, I know that I need to eat that, but no one has told me how, so I need to get that into my face, because he doesn't have his mom and dad talking to him. I know, and being I, like, I'm more, I, I'm not rah, criticizing rah, rah, rah. him, I'm criticizing the dragonflies for not flying away. Oh, And allowing yeah. themselves to be eaten by this little fecker who's a foot and a half tall. Did he catch more than one? He ate three by my count. He ate three? Okay. That I can think of. Okay. I, maybe he ate more, but I remember, because I remember the initial one when he gets hatched, mm -hmm. the one that he eats when he's jumping on the rocks by the sinky sink, and then the one that he eats when he goes to the volcano. I thought the one when he's jumping on the rocks, he doesn't get that one and then turns around and is like, oh, that's right. You told me to stay put and hops oh, back. maybe he doesn't get that one then. Yeah. Because well, he's... He doesn't know how to hunt. But, but what I mean by it still, that thing, it, all it needs to do is fly a foot higher than his head, and it's mm -hmm. perfectly safe. But they like to fly at chomp level. Or I should say chomper level. We were once Megan or of <laughs> trembling fear. Anyways, through dumb fucking luck again, we see that this baby gang is like, No, chomper, no! Get away from the boiling lava! The echoing noise is close enough to draw the attention of the mommy pterosaur whose nest the egg snatchers are near. They run and hide in a rocky hole and are like, We almost ate some eggs, and we would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for those meddling dino babies. <laughs> and they decide that they're going to murder the kids so that they can finally eat in peace. I mean, anybody who's been at a restaurant that's got like I, I multiple crying children. I was just going to say... The villains confront the kids, being all, Hey, we're here to kill you! And the kids are like, Nuh-uh, we have a sharp tooth. And the villains are like, You can't have a sharp tooth. Sharp teeth eat babies like you. After some brief runaround, our heroes and villains... Runaround, runaround. <laughs> <laughs> you had to have known. Uh, uh, no, but I'm... Um, I'm glad for you. After some brief runaround, runaround... Our heroes and villains come to a conflict again, and faced with villains on one side and a lava flow on the other, Baby Steps makes a third option, and he knocks down a nearby leaning tree, which tips over and makes a bridge for our heroes to flee across and get away from the egg eaters and the lava. 
after our heroes get across the imp- the impro- imp- impromptu bridge. I know words. I can speak words. After they get across the impromptu bridge, and Ducky is carried across by Thag Spike, or Spike Thag, whatever I'm calling him this episode, <laughs> the lava lights the tree bridge on fire as the egg snatchers are crossing, which forces them to jump off and fall to their, what I should, what I think should be third death. I well, anyways, our heroes are like, oh boy, glad we're done having these near-death experiences. Right on cue, two adult sharp teeth are like, <laughs> which must be their speak for, excuse me, but have you seen our little boy? He's gone missing. He was just an egg when we left him, but he must have hatched and wandered away. I would very much appreciate any assistance <laughs> you could offer in helping us locate our sweet baby boy. But the baby, baby gang is like, ah, and they just run away. The adults in the valley hear the sharp teeth roar, and they come to the rescue. Grandpa Big Steps fights one of the sharp teeth in a lake, while Baby Steps and Chompers try to trip the, and evade the other one, which is kind of weird, because you'd think that, you know, you know what, never mind, thinking about this too much doesn't <laughs> matter. Anyways, there is more fling and throwing of, like, coconuts or some shit to distract slash irritate the sharp tooth. And Thag is on a cliff trying to push a rock onto a sharp tooth, because that worked well last time. And it works well this time. Thag smacks a sharp tooth right on the noggin, and instead of crushing his head like a melon, it makes the sharp tooth take a little nappy nap. Before the gang can stuff some narco berries in the sharp tooth and attempt to tame it, the other sharp tooth comes onto the scene, ready to rock out with its teeth out. Ducky the Bold jumps on the sharp's tooth face all. Get away from my brother, bitch! Oh, fuck your shut up! And the sharp tooth shakes its head to try and get the ducky off. The other sharp tooth shakes off its concussion and tries to bite ducky off its off its mate's face, but misses as ducky jumps off. The sharp tooth duo prepare to uh to wreck some baby dino shit, but the adults come in and through numbers they force the sharp tooth to flee. Sharp teeth force the sharp teeth to flee. What's the plural of sharp? It's not sharp tooths. Sharp Is it sharp teeth? teeth? Probably. Okay. See, these are important questions that are never properly addressed in this children's medium. <laughs> After the sharp teeth flee, the adults are like, How did sharp teeth get into the valley? We're protected by a massive border wall, courtesy of Mexico. <laughs> the adults then ask the babies if they know what happened. And even though the babies try to lie, they eventually spill the prehistoric beans and explain how they chased the egg snatchers and caused a landslide, which brought down part of the wall. The adults are like, maybe we can get Mexico to pay for the repairs. And they stomp off, telling the babies to stay here and try not to fuck up anything else. The Great Valley is protected by a perfect wall. It's a beautiful wall. How dare you? Any dinosaur in history is better than that. The babies, of course, don't listen, and Baby Steps sets out to look for Chomper, who was sad at seeing all the adults and babies together. Because Chomper is just, where's my adult? Like that fucking scene at the beginning of Rugrats in Paris. Oh, where, where, where all the ones baby, all the babies are with their moms, and Chucky's like... Yeah, Chucky's like, just standing, and it's like, fuck you, Rugrats! Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. I agree. Baby Steps and Chomper get confronted by the adult Sharp Teeth. Baby Steps fa- uh, falls into a hollow log and gets stuck. The Sharp Teeth adults catch up, and instead of eating Baby Steps, turns out 
They're just excited to have found their little baby Chomper. As the realization hits baby steps that the big sharp teeth are the little sharp tooth's parents, he tries to sneak away and let the happy family be whole. I'm glad something got through to his smooth brain. <laughs> there was a little wrinkle. <laughs> Baby Steps gets snatched up by the Egg Eaters, who are like, We are so going to murder you now! We're going to drop you off a cliff! I mean, falling off a cliff didn't kill us, but I'm sure it will kill you! <laughs> we see the happy Sharptooth family walking home back to the great beyond, but Chomper hears the cries of Baby Steps and sets out to find him, followed by his sharp teeth parents. We then see Ozzy and Strut, holding Baby Steps by the tail, hanging him off a cliff, preparing to send him to Raptor Jesus. <laughs> when Chomper rushes in to save him, Chomper is quickly dispatched and the real heroes chomp onto the scene. Mommy and Daddy Sharptooth chase the egg snatchers away, hopefully killing them off screen. I'm going to say that that was their, their actual death off screen. Yeah. And they fed chunks of their corpse to Chomper. Because they never come back. Good. I'm glad to hear that. They're, they're one of the... Because there are characters that recur. They don't. <laughs> like, in future movies, there are characters that come back. Uh, these guys come back as some scat. <laughs> guys never show up. Yes. Because, I mean, as far as villains go, they weren't the worst. But you know what? Fuck them. Yeah. Anyways, while the Egg Snatchers are being devoured off-screen, Chomper wants to stay with Baby Steps, but Baby Steps knows that the adults are trying to get Mexico to repair the wall. <laughs> Baby Steps knows that if they're successful, then Chomper will be trapped and unable to be with his parents. Baby Steps helps Chomper back to his parents and rejoins his own kind to help them repair the wall, since Mexico said to go fuck themselves. <laughs> After the wall is repaired and everything is back to normal, Baby Steps tells his parents, You know, I'm happy being a kid. His grandparents. Oh, I said parents. Tells his, he stops and tells his grandparents. Thank you, Kay. You're welcome. You know, I'm happy being a kid, but I can't wait to grow up so I can pay dino taxes and get dino laid and deal with dino jobs and dino politics and have to deal with dino cults corrupting my dino society. Yay! <laughs> we then get a reprise of the opening song, and I didn't like it. As the baby gang runs around with their newly hatched baby siblings and friends, singing and having a good old time, at least until the next adventure. And we'll never see those particular siblings of duckies ever again. See, that that is, uh, I mean, I don't, who knows? Maybe every single time they made a movie, they didn't think that there'd be another one. So they were like, fuck it, whatever we put in here. You know? So <laughs> I will say this much, because this was the little bit of research that I did. This one was successful enough that they were basically like, okay, we're on a yearly schedule for the next couple of years. We're just going to fart out one of these yes. every year. And so... People uh, are hungry for dinosaur media, from says some fat cocksucker CEO smoking a cigar in a boardroom somewhere. So, <sighs> from 1998 to... Or from 1994 to 1998, there was one every year. Then it started being like every other year. And then but. it'll be every other other year. And then we'll get one every every other other year. And then we're dead. <laughs> God damn it. Um, but yeah, so they they knew that there was another one coming. Um, I don't know why. It's like, take a shot. As, as Shay said, 
when we were watching this, take a shot every time Ducky has new siblings. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Maybe there's just rampant dinosaur disease around the, the Great Valley. I mean, Valley they have and... no predators, so... And Ducky is the only one of her siblings from the first movie to still be around this movie. Maybe there's a lot of, like, dino syphilis and dino gonorrhea going around, and so... <laughs> People don't live long or they die early. Or maybe they're born sterile, and so they can't make more babies. Or uh, Ducky's siblings all went into the sinking sand, and that's how they know about the sinking sand. On the bright side, if enough of my siblings fall into it, then we'll be able to walk across their bones to the grassy place. <laughs> Yay! Bone bridge! Oh my god. <laughs> but yeah, so... Anyway, that was that one. Yep. Yep, yep. Next, we uh, get to do the third one, which is a fucking Thanksgiving movie, well, basically. Well, of course it is. Tell me, Kay, is there going to be a Christmas one, too, down the road? Not really. There's really? one that takes place during a cold snap, but that's the closest that we get to it. You mean so they don't all gather around a tree and give each other presents and talk about how grateful they are to Raptor Jesus I, for guiding them to the Great Valley? I think that because of the next one, they don't try to do another holiday-themed. Good, like, this because that kind of shit is stupid in, in xenofiction. Like, they still kind of work it into making it make sense in their universe, but it's stupider than anything else that they do in the first set of movies. And that's compared to Soros Rock, which is dumb as fuck. <laughs> hey, uh, George Lucas's uh, Star Wars Christmas special about Life Day should be enough of a bad omen to deter anyone from trying to shoehorn in a holiday special in whatever fictional universe they've created. That was so bad. Ugh. So, oh, well. Yep. I, speaking of a great feast... Uh, we have a very whimpery yes. dog who is used to being fed about this time. Yes, so let's do our quick exit and then we'll uh, see you all next week. So thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you would like to reach out to Kay and I, you could do so on our home base, which is ToneDeafMusical.com. There we have links to our social medias, our Facebooks, our Twitters, our Instagrams, as well as a link to the Cast Junkie Discord server where we have our own Not Safe for Work channel. If you want to go above and beyond, you can also check out our Patreon, which is ToneDeafMusical. There we have different levels to subscribe and... Kay and I have some bonus episodes that are quite funny, and you could just kind of mm -hmm. help us uh, with the upkeep of uh, our show, if you feel like doing that. Yep. We also have, uh, like, merch and stuff, like uh, stickers and shirts and uh, masks and cups and uh, super cool stuff. You can also leave a review on iTunes or on Stitcher or Podchaser. Uh, I will sing your review. If you mention Latte, she gets a cookie. And Latte is like, I am hungry, feed me. So... I think that'll be it for this week. Thank you again. I'm Kay. I'm Warren. And this has been Tone Deaf. Ready for some turkey, Cooper? Yeah,